Hey everybody, welcome back to Small Talk Japan. On this show, we talk about all things Japan in English. Here today with Alex. Hello. Sashi Booty. Long time no see. We're actually going to talk to you today about the country reopening. Right. And reducing the um, COVID, you know, hurdles that you had to do. Amazing. When you came back. But so much fun. Doing it from, Loved it. Yeah. We're also going to talk about some war stuff that might be happening between Japan and China. Love a bit of war stuff. Yeah. We're also going to talk about some instant ramen and also Ghibli's reaction when they found an unofficial Ghibli cafe. Roll that intro. So, um... So you've been busy recently because, you know, tourism is a thing now, again. Well, yeah, I'm always busy, but particularly busy. Yeah, like, week. I called, uh, you were supposed to be on the show last week, and I called you up, and you're like, impossible, or whatever you said. Yeah. What's not, what's going on? What's, what's... Just many things that I can't talk about on here. Yeah, you, you warned me today that you, we can't say the name of the podcast, it'll get us, like, it's a problem, but there's a... Is a let's say adult talk podcast that you've been listening to recently while filling in government documents. <laughs> so that, that made my life a bit more easy. If any of you guys at home are curious, I can't. I don't say the name of it, but it's basically three guys who just talk about disgusting, nasty. It things. sounds a bit like Come to Town. Yeah, but without but, the two. Yeah, yeah, I like that one. It's really good. It's it has its moments. You turned me on to that one because of the Steven Seagal bit. Yeah, that was great. It man. was so. If you if you guys don't actually subscribe to the the podcast, just look at them on YouTube. There's a somebody uploaded on YouTube the Steven Seagal uh, critique. Let's call it that. It was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Alex, what what's going on with the country? What's are they are are is everybody allowed to just like come in? You can do whatever you want, basically. If you want to come to Japan, <laughs> do whatever. Uh, turn up at immigration. Just say Alex in Kagoshima said it's a okay <laughs> to come in. And you do this, let you straight through. No just, passport, nothing. No whatever. problem. Yeah. No stay passport. As, stay as long as you want. I don't <laughs> fucking care. I don't care. No visas, nothing. No, wait, wait. Let's get an update from you. So like, okay, so you work on a lot of things these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What can you talk about? Um, what can I talk about? I can talk about how I went to Kyoto over Golden Week. How was that? It was good. Uh, I kind of... <laughs> Got drunk, and then the next day I had to do a demonstration at this big shrine, which is uh, like a... you demonstration? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, a shrine, which is quite a famous place or whatever. First day, actually, I was, went fine. Second day, it's a different shrine, different demonstration. Uh, kind of cracked a bit of the... Uh, what's it called? The shrine building. <laughs> what? With a long wooden stick to much shock and awe in the audience you you broke the shrine i didn't break it completely <laughs> i just left my mark on it um, because the the roof was much uh lower than they led us to believe uh and so you you hit the roof i hit the roof yeah oh no and it went crack and well, then everybody went oh well because you, when you when you do your stance you hold the 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 stick straight up like this right yeah it was a long one as well it wasn't the short one it was like a spear length one and so was like what was the fallout of that was uh, it just like everybody scurried you away and was fine no they gave me a, a certificate saying thanks for coming <laughs> so, i guess it was okay so so what is that why you went to kyoto to, to yeah basically to, yeah to do two demonstrations to do two demonstrations the total sum of time was about one minute and 25 seconds and you did the second one kind of drunk and I did the second one with a massive hangover mm. so that's normal though everybody's drunk at these things really yeah or hung over anyway yeah because they do the uh the shrine blessing at the start yeah. everybody's hung over 
You know, my goal in Japan while I'm here is to do one without a hangover. To do one without a hangover. Yeah, it's been 17 years and it's not happened yet. You know, so. I got I to gotta hand it to Japanese people, like especially the Japanese guys. They will get shit-faced and then be completely normal at work the next day. I mean, they are obviously hungover. Yeah, yeah. But just, they don't show it. Yeah, and turn up on time. On time. They don't smell. Yeah. And they're just like normal. And then I'm over there. I mean, I, I don't get hangovers. I just stay drunk until the afternoon. Right, right. <laughs> There's no negative parts. I just, I'm continuously still. Why do you like, if they're kind of like they always are, that means they always look like they're hungover. Hmm. Which, that's you, probably not a good thing. You right? just did a log- logic puzzle there. Yes. So did, what else did you do in Kyoto? Anything fun? Uh, do you like ooh, Kyoto? I'm not a fan. I like, yeah, I like Kyoto. It's all right. You know, mm. what did we do? It's art galleries and shit like that. How is it now with like no tourists? Oh, it's not no tourists. It was full of tourists. It was uh, Golden Week. All Japanese tourists. Yeah, loads of Japanese tourists. Oh. Everywhere was packed. So, yeah. Very different from when I went like two or three months ago and it was dead. There was nobody. So I went around King Kakuji, you know, the golden pavilion, pavilion on my own. Nobody. Really? Just me. Yeah, yeah. That's the one place that if there's a lot of people, it sucks. And there's always a lot of people there. That place makes me laugh because like the, the building is, I don't like it. It's gaudy. But like there's... Uh, <laughs> talk, it's not small talk Japan. Talk shit Japan. <laughs> yeah. No, it is gaudy. The Ginkakuji is much better. Um, Ginkakuji is more subtle, yeah. There's like piping on it for the rain. You know, like the drain pipes. Yeah. There's also a lot of, uh, uh, what is it called? Lightning conducting wires on it. So yeah, it yeah. doesn't burn down and get struck by lightning. But the drain pipes are like the kind of plastic ones that you might buy at the, you know, DIY store. Yeah. Which are probably brown, like yeah. normally. And they're just painting them gold. So I was yeah. like laughing at that. The one thing that really gets me about the the, the King Kakuji, the golden p- p- pavilion, is you see all the beautiful picturesque postcards. Yeah. And like photos on the internet. You get there and you're like, why is it so small? <laughs> yeah, it's quite small. It's tiny. It like it has this grandiose like aura to it when you see it in a photograph. It's small. Yeah. Well, it's kind of yeah, it's small. But you're American, so you expect everything to be bigger, I guess. Anyway, right? Well, no. I just it just I don't know why when I saw it, I was just like, it's small. What got me more than anything is the printed out laminate things that say no photos or you know fuck off or whatever they say on the things, and somebody's laminated and just put it into the wall with tax. You know what I mean? <laughs> Into the gate on this, like, you know, which is cultural worse. site. Which is worse, you destroying a shrine with your stick or tax? Tax. Because <laughs> I did it by accident and they I did, did it, it on purpose. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird how little, because, like, I guess they just, you know, because for us Westerners, we see the, you know, the, the, the temples and the shrines, we think that these are like, you know, you know, cultural heritage things that should be respected, but for them, they're just normally everywhere. Yeah, it's just like a, and a thing. Like, and depending on what time in history you were, like there are periods where like the shrines and temples were completely neglected. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And there was a one of the interviews that we did for people of Kagoshima. The uh, one of the the people that appeared was talking about there was a there was a period of time where they burned down the temples. Yeah, Haibutsuki Shaku. Yeah, they burnt them all down. The nineteen late. Mm, when is it? Late 1800s, early 1900s? That, was that to like rid the country of Buddhism and only be Shinto or something? What was the yeah, because like, they wanted to get rid of all foreign influence. So when the Meiji emperor became the, you know, the, the head of state or whatever, um, they, they thought you know, Buddhism was an Indian or foreign influence or through China, obviously. So they wanted to get rid of that and go back to the roots as Japanese or whatever. But Buddhism in Japan is not foreign. It's like Japanese Buddhism. It's Japanese Buddhism, but the real reason behind it was because the temples had a lot of power. Uh, you know, they could collect taxes and they had lots of cash. Uh, so it was a political move to kind of purge 
Well, they didn't burn them all down, but they burned a lot of them down. They burned loads of them down in Kagoshima. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Massive loads. Anyway, if you want to come here and visit, just say Alex's name in immigration. Yeah, just yeah, yeah, flash him up, say, hey, I know this guy. <laughs> he lives here. Uh, he said it's cool to come in. Um, when I actually came back from England, I was like really tired, obviously, because I'd been through Were you this. also hung over at that point? Uh, yeah, because <laughs> no, I was drinking on the plane. I so when I, got, I was still drunk. When I arrived, I, it kind of worn off. So I was like, oh. you, know, you know, and I, I got to the thing, you know, they make you put your thumbs on that thing. Yeah. Uh, little scanner thing and take your photo. Im- yeah, immigration does. So there's like two young girls sat behind it like that. And I was like, how do I look to them? And they were like both burst out laughing and said, very cool. So I was just like, yep. Thanks a lot. Oh, God. So actually tell us what's really going on with immigration. And not immigration, so, tourism. Tourism or immigration? Which one? Well, tourism. 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 Not a lot. Uh, so this month, they're going to do some small-scale tours. Some, they're going to do uh, small-scale tours that are guided. Like guided. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're going to have a babysitter. So basically, yeah, this, uh, I think the, the report says here, so this article says four countries. I'm not sure if it's four countries or not, but... Um, Basically, the major travel uh, companies in Japan uh, won a bid to be able to take these people around on guided tours, and they have to have an attendant with them at all times. Yeah, babysitter. And they have to show where they're going to stay and all this kind of stuff. So it's like a package tour to certain areas where the local governments have agreed to accept these people to come in as well. So last year, this actually was planned to happen as well. Uh, And a a big Japanese company, I can't say which company it was, but one company won the bid for that. This time, a few other companies have been allowed to do it as well. But again, they're the same kind of Japanese travel industry places. So it's going to kind of be like, a, you know, a, a North Korean style guided <laughs> tour of Japan. That's what all the comments on the Reddit article was about. Yeah. It's like, it's Japan, North Korea now. So it's a kind of weird, but... But the reason why they're doing it, there's a reason why, right? They're, they're going to monitor these tours and see if everything's okay. And then it's like basically giving the government permission to open the country. So this is really just like an experiment to build consensus among That's the public, I mean. right? Yeah, right. Because the government have already decided when it's going to happen. Right, up. yeah. It's, yeah. Already, it's happening. Yeah, it's just like... You what know, was the number, Josh? It was like, thir- like 50 billion or some crazy amount of number like for US dollars for the travel industry in Japan, the foreign travel industry. It's crazy. So it was... Uh, how much is it? Hachoen was the goal for 2020. Yeah, don't uh, don't get me started on Japanese numbers. That's too many zeros. And Jugo Choen for 2030. So that's, I don't know what that is. Trillions. It's not trillions. Billions. I think it's 100 billion or maybe trillions. Trillions of yen. Trillions yeah, yeah. Of yen. yeah, yeah. So whenever you convert numbers in Japanese to English, that, not only is that a challenge because they go by fours. We go three, three, three. Yeah. It goes ones, tens, hundreds, and then that's three, right? And then it goes, you know, uh, like thousands, ten thousands, hundred thousands, that's three, right? Mm-hmm. Japanese goes, you know this, but I'm just explaining this for the viewers. Uh, it goes one, ten, hundred, and then ten thousand, and that's four. And then it resets from four, four, four. So it's always like the comma would be in a different place. I've just totally ignored what you said then because I was well, looking over there. And <laughs> okay, well that's what it. That's what it. And so when you when you make big numbers in Japanese into English, that's hard. And then when you have to make huge Japanese yen numbers into dollars, it's it's just a. Nightmare. What confuses me is with reports on the top right. It says tiny, which is like the um, what do you call it denomination that the numbers are in, and it'll say like man or hyakuman or sen man or sen sometimes or it doesn't say juen's it. 
So you're looking at the numbers and you think, oh, it's not doing very well. And then you look at the top right and you're like, oh no, it's Hyakumayan. I need so way like, more zeros here. <laughs> I need to add like, you know, I think, six zeros. I think, that, I think yen should do the same thing that all the other currencies do and just like put a decimal point in it. Like, let's take off two zeros. It's just too big. So let's make 1,000 yen, 100 yen. So would be 10 yen. Huh? Hmm? No, so you take two zeros off. Like, like you know, cents. Yeah. Like cents on a dollar. So 100 yen would be one. And a thousand yen would be ten. Okay. Because that's how I don't know. I think I think of everything as in dollars still. I don't know why. Do you do that? Do you? No, I'm th- thoroughly in yen now. Mm. So I have to transfer pounds into yen now. And then sometimes I transfer it back into pounds just to see. Just to see. <laughs> right now, if you have any foreign current currency, make it yen because the yen is weak as crap right now. So anyway, it's a good time to come here. Yeah, it's a good time to come here if you can. On a on a you know trip. So yeah, so they're gonna they're gonna try these these model cases, and then they're gonna say like everything was fine. Let all everybody in. So basically, what's gonna happen is in re- reality, probably <laughs> is that you know this month they're gonna do these little tours. Then yeah. next month they're gonna start, you know, slowly reducing the kind of limits on entry. Yeah. Um, well, and I think that'll continue gradually until about October time. And then they'll probably take the wheels that you know off altogether. So in June, uh, the PCR testing you had to do this. You go, you arrive at Narita or Haneda or Kansai, and they're like, you have to take a PCR test, and then you have to wait for the results. And then if you're negative, then you, if you're vaccinated fully, then you can go. And if you're not vaccinated, then you have to like quarantine. That's the current rules, but that's all changing in June. They're just like, oh, you're vaccinated, go right this way. So actually, you can do that now if you're a resident. Yeah. Um, and it, fully vaccinated means two shots and a booster shot, so three shots, right? Yeah. Um, but actually, I think by next year, they'll get rid of that altogether as well. Well, they're getting rid of it for four countries in, from June. So no vaccination required? Uh, if you're vaccinated, uh, sorry, if you're vaccinated, then no PCR test. No, but they will get rid of the vaccination requirement uh, as well probably. going forwards. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's really fucking annoying for them to have to track it. You well, know? it's historical for a start because basically after six months, it's not really relevant anymore anyway. And then, you know, Tracking that data long term is going to be really hard. Yeah. So, you know, Britain got away with it, just did away with it completely. Yeah. And not really many issues I can see. Well, I mean, like, as the dependent winds down, you know, Omicron's a very, very weaker version of the virus. I mean, it's just, this is going to naturally happen. Like, it's just surprising, like, Japan is taking this long. So they're going to divide countries into blue, yellow, and red regions based on the infection trends and uh, rates of positive test results. So they're going to come up with like a traffic light type system. You know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of the the terror like color codes that we had back in the 2000s. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember it's like, oh, today is like a red day. You're like, what the fuck does that mean, government? I don't know. Nobody cares. Anybody, <laughs> Nobody cares. Yeah, right? I think as, as long as people start taking the masks off soon and normalizing life, it's going to get a bit easier. But yeah. Obviously, everybody in Japan still wears a mask all the time. It's just going to so. be slow, but it'll yeah. happen. Uh, let's move on to more lighter news. So there's a satellite photo that suggests that China is training to attack Japanese aircraft. Oh, nice. <laughs> so this is a well picture. Uh, Josh will put this in the uh, in the video. Um, there's a picture of a this basically there's a t- I'll just read it. The center object in the satellite photo is believed to be a model of advanced radar equipped plane of the Japan Self-Defense Forces. Uh, and so it's like they made a model of the plane. They put it in a desert and then they're like practicing on how to attack it or something like that on the ground yeah so they didn't realize that planes go in the air they they might have gotten that memo but right yeah what the fuck is that all about i don't know but 
Yeah. Imagine like being like the satellite dude and then finding like something from your country being like modeled in a different country for like war purposes. That's kind of funny. What is this model supposed to be? It looks like a crop circle, a shit one. <laughs> crop circle. Uh, and then along this news, there was this really interesting uh, comment or question in the Japan subreddit on, 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 uh, on Reddit. It, the question reads, anybody in Kanto area hearing a distant booming rumbling sound? And the answer actually turned out to be that they they are uh, the Japan self-defense forces were doing live munition drills. Cool. So Why are they doing that? Yeah. It's the JSDF conducting live fire drills. The sounds are actually military ordnance being used to blow things up. Blah, 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 blah. So basically, yay. Everybody's getting super militaristic, man. Japan's got a pretty tough defense force actually everybody kind of goes oh it's not proper army and shit, i kept seeing this they have like one of the strongest navies in the world yeah navy's tough man yeah <laughs> got more ships than britain yeah and then all you have to do is change one little article in the constitution it's like oh you're offensive military now yeah. you know it's like and you know not too difficult to make nuclear weapons either I, in japan I, no they already, they already have them it was, it's uh during uh i think it was abe's reign they this news leaked that there's a bunch of like allowed nuclear armed american subs in the sea of japan right i mean so is that technically we had this conversation with josh the other day when we were talking about the ukraine war he's like he's like wait wait so all the countries are giving the ukrainians weapons to fight the russians isn't that the same thing as those countries fighting the, the russians i was like proxy war so that's like giving your friend a condom. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's not like you're going to... You didn't do it. Do it. But you but, enabled it. But you enabled... You didn't instigate it either. You didn't instigate it. You just gave him a tool that he could use. You know what I mean? Oh, my goodness. What? what is, so since this whole Ukraine thing happened, like what's the what's your feeling of like the, the response from Europe? I know the American response, but what's the European response? I mean, like Sweden is joining NATO. Yeah, we're all best friends now. Yeah. Uh, well, Finland, I, I could have seen them joining earlier because, you know, they're right next door to Russia. But Sweden. Sweden, yeah. Why not? But Everybody but Turkey in. Turkey is blocking them right might block them from uh, NATO if any one country blocks an entrant it's it's blocked right and so like so I made a joke to my Swedish friends I was like the Sweden the Swedes will just give them lots of Swedish meatballs and it'll be fine and he linked me an article and said the truth is out Swedish meatballs are actually Turkish oh really <laughs> they come from Turkey is that true that's what it said in the article huh. <laughs> yeah but you know everybody's kind of. Mm, I don't know. I think European countries closer to Russia are a bit worried. Yeah. Because obviously, you know, step over somebody's border and it's like it could be our border next. Well, so. because, you know, Europe where is where the war was. I mean, America, we kind of, we don't get war because it didn't, none of it happens really on our soil. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we don't have historical photos of like blitzkrieging and stuff like that, like you guys. Like, you know, you see it sometimes. You'll see like the, the old photo being hauled up in the repaired area. Mm-hmm. And you know we don't we don't have that that culture really. I think we should just like borrow America and have a war there. Borrow America, um, so Europe doesn't get fucked up again. <laughs> and then you guys can have a flavor of what it's like 
The no, That's we don't. Fun. We It'd don't need that. We don't need that. The, the the horrible thing about this, I mean, obviously the the human loss and everything is tragic. But one of the horrible things is like the you you lose all this cultural, th- uh, you know, places and you know history when you have these just stupid destructive wars. Yeah. Well, if Putin didn't have nuclear weapons or nuclear weapons hadn't been invented, it'd be another world war already by now. Yeah. You know, the the only reason why people aren't getting involved is because you nuclear know, weapons, nuclear threat for mad mutual assured destruction. Yes. I mean, I don't know, but what, like your your parents and your family back home, I and mean, like, what what are they thinking about? Is it is it like? I don't know. Never asked them. Really, you don't yeah. talk about kind of stuff. Don't talk about the war in Ukraine. Not really. What do you talk? You went home for a week. What do you talk about during that time? Uh, what do you British people like to talk to each other about? They like talking about politics in Britain. So what the prime minister has been done. Boris Yeltsin or whatever his name is. I Boris Johnson. Whatever his name is. He's so funny. Boris, what's his name now? Alexander de Feffel Johnson or something like that. What? Yes. Wait, sorry. I know this is a small section of but I have to mention this. Did you guys see this, the Bush speech? No. Oh my God. He's like, he wrote, he like goes off on this. He's like the illegal, immoral war in Iraq. <laughs> Is that what he said? Yeah, he had a gaff. He wanted to say Ukraine, but he said Iraq. And everybody in the audience was just really uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, my God. Thanks for speaking out. And then he kind of giggled. And he said, oh, I'm 75. And I'm just like, oh, God. It's just like, like, it's hard to watch. Yeah, 75 and former president of the United States of America. So he should probably know the country. He liked it twice. He liked it twice. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well done, America. All right, let's go to something a little fun. Okay, so Japan and U.S. are going to cooperate on moon landing by Japanese astronauts. So this is just a, they drafted a document to, to, to propose and to official, make it official that they're going to work together. So this is a JAXA in America, I think NASA, uh, uh, what is it, partnership. Mm-hmm. And it says, we are aiming to realize, it's a Japanese thing to say, we are aiming to realize a lunar landing by a Japanese astronaut in the latter half of the 2020s. Okay. You don't care? It's cool. We're going back to the moon. Mm. Dude, space is going to be a huge industry. You have no idea. Multi. What are you going to do there? Pick up some rocks. Mine the fuck out of it. What do, what do, what do humans do? They take things and make things. Okay. There's what? a, there's an article in the news. I don't know. A couple of weeks ago. It's like, like Elon Musk is going to like head this spearhead, this like space mining future, mm-hmm. like unlocking trillions of untold, you know, resources. Right. It's going to happen, regardless of whether you believe it or not, Mr. Brit. Well, I didn't say I didn't believe it. I just don't know if Japan's the best country to be uh, Well, we talked about this before. Joining the space race. There's, be there's basically three things that you need to, to go to space. One, you need to have engineering engineers that are smart enough to do it. Mm-hmm. So check mark Japan. Two, you got to have a peaceful enough country that your economy is stable enough that you can spend millions of billions of dollars on, on going to space. Okay. So Japan's there. Um, I mean, because they just keep taking out the credit card and putting everything on debt, right? Right, yeah, print more money. Right. And then three, you need to be close to the equator because mm-hmm. you can't lob a, a rocket into, you know, even low Earth orbit without being near the equator because the, the okay, science guys, the equator is actually spinning faster than the poles. Yeah. So it, so if you launch a rocket from the equator, it's already relatively to the, relative to the Earth going faster than if you launched it from the poles. Right, yeah. So that's what you need. Those three things to launch a rocket. Japan had all, all those things. And they have the launch, launch, rocket launching facilities. Two of them. One looks like it's built by North Korea. Mm-hmm. And the other one is actually kind of cool on an island. There aren't just two. There's more than two in Japan. Well, the two main ones. Mm. 
Yeah. I think that with a massive, massive national debt and basically... That's why they need to go to space and get that space cash. Yeah, I don't see the space cash coming anytime soon. <laughs> I don't see the space cash coming. What's Not on the moon? with that attitude. What's on the moon? I know. I forgot what they were talking about, but the, like, there was another... It was a sci-fi, a science magazine article, I think. They were talking about like what could possibly be in the moon. Rare metals. Maybe. So they can make smartphones. Cell phones. Well, because China's got like a fucking monopoly on that. That's true. That's not cool. Yeah. Well, you know, fair enough. Good luck. <laughs> fair enough. Good luck. Try your best. If if there was safe and reliable space travel, would you like to go to Mars or something? No. No. Not interested. No. Why? Not interested. Because you'd have to come back again afterwards. Seems like a long distance. <laughs> I mean, if you could stay there and it was kind of cool, it'd be all right. But it's just going to be shit, isn't it? I've seen Total Recall. I've, I know oh what I know what Mars is going to be like. <laughs> Which man. Total Recall did you watch? There's two of them. I watched both of them. So, which I'm, one did you actually like? Uh, Arnie, of course. Arnie, the first one. Yeah, yeah. The only one. The other one sucked, man. Yeah, the other one was kind of weird. Anyway, let's go to no- another fun one. Okay, inside the otaku world of Ita- Itasha. So, if you guys don't know what Itasha is, there it means Itai Sha. Itai is like painful. Sha is like a mobile unit, like a car or a cart or something. Okay. And these are. Can you put this on the screen, Josh? These are anime cars in japan now we got to talk about this because not only is this an article that just came out but also because i got a, f- a picture from my friend mm-hmm. and he's like check out this anime car that i found in in in, in kagoshima and i was like oh yeah i'll one-up you on that because they always have like oh, anime, is that what you mean yeah they always have anime girls like printed on the cars and stuff yeah, yeah. and i was like oh yeah I, i'll one-up you on that there was a car in kagoshima that had this giant you know like anime like huge booby girl on the front on mm-hmm. the hood yeah and they had made the tits into fiberglass domes that were coming off the hood <laughs> and i was like oh my god anyway this is a total like culture thing here and so here are the key points uh so the word itasha is literally translated from painful car meaning cringeworthy embarrassing and not to mention painful on the wallet accurate as a subculture within a subculture the world the world of itasha fuses car culture with otaku anime culture have you ever seen one of these before i think i have actually in tokyo yeah (laughs) i just i don't know what to think about it i think it's cool do you guys well do whatever you want but you know it's just like i wouldn't drive one would you get into a car like that if your girlfriend rocked up in an itasha uh josh would you be like i'm getting right in no that's pretty terrible (laughs) (laughs) i would i would be embarrassed to be seen inside one of those cars i would i would just own it i'd get in and own it i'd be like yeah this is me this is my life now what kind of manga is on the car i don't know any manga or anime is yeah but is there any there's no limit because some of it can be quite pornographic yeah well i'm sure that you can't actually have like nipples and stuff that's probably against the law That'd be interesting to see how far people are willing to push that. <laughs> you just immediately took it to that level. Hollywood Reporter put out an article the other day about anime culture being like such a huge, like bankrollable movie yeah. thing, and it's kind of saving Netflix to some degree because they're buying up loads of like Japanese cheap anime, anime that from anime like properties. closing companies. Yeah, just yeah. translating them, right? Yeah. I mean, they're basically but, coming for Crunchyroll's, you know, uh, dinner. I mean, Crunchyroll yeah. was banking on that. And then Netflix was like, wait, we have more cash than Crunchyroll. Crunchyroll doesn't really seem to be a proper company to me. I had to try to find their PR people and they're useless. Uh, same thing. Because I thought I was like, first of all, I just asked them. I asked their PR people. I'm like, are you guys legit? Is this legal? Yeah. Like, you're not just like stealing this content, right? They never got back to me. Yeah. And all I wanted to do was like, because I was thinking about advertising on there for, you know, 
people interested in Japan, workers. Yeah. And like, I was like, so what's what's the advertising thing? And like, are you guys a legit legal company? And like, they never got back to me. I, I just could not care less about anime. I just like, I'm not interested at all. Um, There's some good anime. Just, I don't know it. It's too much for me, man. Like even Elden Ring and stuff like that. I kind of hesitate to play that because that's too kind of Japanese. Elden Ring. You know, that new game that's just come out. It's very popular. Just doing radio right before I came here and Hayato described Cricket, the game, yeah. from your part of the world. Yeah, yeah. Like the other announcer was like, what's Cricket? And he's like, it's like baseball, but the baseball bat looks like Cloud Sword from Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> and I was just like, I understand exactly what you're saying and I hate that I understand that <laughs> reference. <laughs> It's kind of right, yeah. <laughs> the the dresses, the the clothing's a bit more toned down, though. To be fair, I don't understand any of the rules of cricket. Cricket is just like same rules as baseball, but you got to bounce the ball on the floor before you hit it. What's that game with the like scoop thing? Lacrosse. Lacrosse. Yeah. What? What's what, what's the rules of that game? Lacrosse is a game that was invented so Ralph Lauren could sell more clothing. Is what I guys. He's just bullshitting. He's bullshitting. What? What is it actually? What is it? It's a. I think it's a French game, isn't it? Originally, it looks French. Sounds French, like gay. <laughs> oh, there we go. He's, he's, this is the influence of the that that podcast you've been listening no, to. No, 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 no. Uh, like lacrosse is. It's all right. It's quite tough actually because you've got to body check people. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not a soft sport. Well, lacrosse players look like rugby players. Yeah, They're but it's huge. Preppy though, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. Preppy. Do you guys say that? I thought no. we only said that. No, well, I only know Preppy because I used to watch Saved by the Bell. Yeah. You know, Zach yeah. Morris is like my, I was like, I want to be that man when I grow up. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> I hate you sometimes. I can see that so much. All right. Let's talk about something serious. So 13 women awarded damages for Tokyo Medical School's exam rigging. So if you guys, uh, uh, we talked about this story, oh, I don't know, a year or two ago. Basically, there's a, a Tokyo Medical School that was rigging the uh, entrance exam so that women would not gain entry to the school. Why? The thought process of these incredibly intelligent men were that women get have babies and stop working and therefore the limited resources of the medical sh school should go to training doctors who will actually be do become doctors and i think that that is fucking the most stupid like thought process in the world N number one not all women have babies so right there your you know women versus men thing is already done mm. and two if the problem is limited, you know, like facilities, make more fucking facilities. Train more doctors. Yeah. Like. I say make pregnant women work more. Well, I mean, in the West, <laughs> they do. You know, they're not, you know, they have their baby and they come back. And so that's the issue anyway. So that's what the stupid school did. And then they got caught. They got called out. And the Japanese court on Thursday ordered a Tokyo medical school to pay around 8.05 million yen, so $63,000, in damages to 13 women for rigging its entrance exam in favor of male candidates. Yeah, well, that's bullshit. And, uh, you know, what can you do? I mean, but in Japan, I mean, people do take an awful lot of time off for pregnancy there. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, I don't know if that is what we should be doing or if that's just too much. I'm not sure which which is correct because well, I've never like, had a baby. Going back to your, what is it, parents' house and living there for three months or whatever. So basically, yeah. So basically you have a baby and then they'd spend a week in the hospital. We talked about this last show with, with Natsuki. And then usually they go back to the to the mother's, the woman goes to the mother's house, yeah, grandmother's the, house. The dad just gets pissed every night. And the dad goes out drinking with me. <laughs> 
Well, all of Japan's dads go. Yeah, they just follow me up. They're like, Miss, it's time. So I'm handling immigration. You're handling parenting. <laughs> you know, we've got this country stitched up. Uh, let me go to another fun story. Uh, so man who mistake- mistakenly received an entire... Okay, so we've got to oh, update like this, this one. one. Yeah. We, we've got to update this story because we actually had some of the information wrong because the news had it wrong. But okay. So man, this guy was living in a small town and everybody was supposed to get about $1,000 you know, for COVID relief. Basically, they did this all over the world. They just pumped money into the, into the economy, which proves the point that money is fake. Yeah. And it's only real because we all believe in it. Yeah. It's like Santa Claus. If we don't, if we stop believing in him, he disappears. Wait, is that what? What? Anyway, money is fake. You're not an economist, I can see. I'm actually really good at economy, uh, like, like economy stuff, but I'm not an economist. Right. Anyway, so this guy, uh, he received, what happened is they, they put all the transfer data onto floppy disks because it's, you know, 1983 and they gave the floppy disk to the bank. Mm-hmm. So that's actually all of that was okay. Remarkably, that worked. Right. What was the problem was they gave a transfer authorization form to the bank and they had made a mistake on it to made it seem like this guy's bank account was the central account that all the funds should go through. Okay. So the bank fucked this up and the, the public workers fucked this up. And so they, they instead transferred the entire town's relief funds to this one 24-year-old. I think he's 24. And so this dude... <laughs> He got all this money. So what did he do? Well, the first thing he did was like, really guys? And then he started like slowly pulling out the money at an ATM. And then he just fucked off and spent it all on online gambling. It's online gambling's a thing here, right? Yeah. If you had that much money, I'd just go to Macau and fucking gamble it for real. Well, he couldn't get out of the country at that point, probably. Uh, it was the middle of COVID. But it's like, so they got comments on this. It's like, like th- this is a sad story. The officials gave him enough time to make his escape. That's because he ran away. Right. Uh, if, if he was in his 70s, I could understand making a run for it. But at 24, that money isn't going to last. So the amount of money that he actually got was... Yon Sen Man, right? No, no, no. no. Uh, it was, yeah, Yon Sen Man. So it's, it's 46 million yen. So what is that in dollars? That's about $400,000. It's all right, isn't it? So, you know, Daitai half a million dollars he got is fucking spending on online gambling. I, like, what I would do yeah. is invest it in an offshore uh, trading account yeah, and then keep the interest. Just give it back to them. Well, okay. So let's just talk about or, this. Yeah. Or I'd just buy an NFT of a fucking monkey smoking a cigarette and say, stick that in your art gallery. You are so into NFTs. I'm not so into no, NFTs. You're into them insofar as you like to talk about them because you don't understand. You're like, why would anybody buy that? Well, it's just, I'm the same way, but I don't talk about it. But I know I do understand why people would want an NFT, but I don't understand why they would want an NFT of a JPEG. <laughs> That you can copy. You can screenshot. Because it is quite fungible, in the words of Elon Musk, I believe. <laughs> um, but uh, if you had an NFT for something that wasn't easily copyable to prove provenance and ownership, I can understand why that might be a thing. I think that uh, NFTs came about because of Bitcoin. Bitcoin blew up and it was like, oh my God, we need to get digital stuff, assets. And then NFTs came out and everybody was like, oh, this is going to blow up. And of course. But now people are doing NFTs for travel quite a lot if you guys don't know what an nft is it's a non-fungible token basically it's 
in its simplest <laughs> explanation doesn't help does it in its, in its simplest form it's an it's an image most of these are images that you buy and it's like it has a certain like uh encryption to it that there can only be one right and the thing is it doesn't make any sense because you can just screenshot the fucking image yeah and now you have a copy of it but it's not the original well so if you had a, a you know a dollar bill or whatever and you could photocopy it it wouldn't look the same would it yeah, but this is literally but, the same thing. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> if you could perfectly copy money, yeah, like 100% perfectly, so you wouldn't be able to tell the difference, what's the value in it? You know what I mean? Well, I just said money is fake. It only works because we all believe in it. Now, there, well, we know that. there is one thing that NFT, where it was used and it made sense to me, was that there is an art club that they the mission to this art club, this art, art gallery, requires everybody to buy yeah, an yeah. NFT that's like 30 grand or something. Yeah, that was my idea for Japan as well. What do you mean? I was going to, well, I'm not going to bother doing it now. So somebody else, please do it and give me some money because uh, <laughs> it seems like a lot of effort. Um, but I thought getting like a private members club where you buy an NFT as a token to get in. Yeah. And then you can approach craftspeople or artists to create things for you. Oh. And it becomes part of a conglomerate of art yeah. that then can be used as a museum display. And you get preferential access to events, invitation to... As long as the funding all makes sense. That's the problem. The funding route is very difficult to put together. Yeah. And also working out how the NFT would actually work. Yeah. how that would you know interface with public viewings of artworks that were created and things like that is quite difficult well that seems like its own adventure on its own but that would be a cool thing to do because then yeah. you could organize trips to exclusive trips to locations to go and see the things being made and stuff like that we essentially have that kind of thing now with like already ac there. access to vip lounges and airports and things yeah, like yeah. that credit card companies show do your it. credit card and you know yeah. but Quint quintessentially and people are do it as well right yeah i mean oh the credit card thing how how funny is this when people like go to pay for something and they all like whip out their various colors of metal credit cards gold and platinum or whatever it's like such a sh and then if you're really really rich a centurion black american express card it's such a, a power play isn't it yeah well it's like i've i've got some status i know yeah. two people with a centurion card i only know one two yeah. two but so, but in Vegas, we saw them all the time because it's like people go there with money, right? But like the one time that you and I went drinking with one guy who t pulled out his Centurion card, the fucking staff was like, what's that? Yeah, yeah. I was like, you don't fucking know what that is. He's well, like, what's that? Above his pay grade, isn't it? But I do know somebody very wealthy though, somebody else yeah. who just has like a regular plastic and doesn't care. You know, well, so no I've, interest whatsoever. I've got my incredibly high fee American Express card, which is like my business card. But for my personal credit card, it is a cute Amazon card that I get points for. It's so lame. It's so good. I love it. Make so many Amazon points. Anyway, this dude, yeah. I don't know if she, he should be getting so much shit when the people at the local government yeah, fucked up. That's what I wanted to ask you. Like, how do, do you think it's his fault? I mean, what, what do you give me your hot take? You well, two. He's an idiot. He's an idiot. <laughs> give an idiot four hundred thousand dollars and what do you expect him to do he's not gonna build a company invest it or give it back is there's he? a there's a photo of him out there uh he looks like a yanchan like a like a yankee i don't know like a not a, not a hoodlum but like what would you how would you say like yanchan in english like a bad lad little bit a little a, bad a rascal a little bit little bit not bit a rascal not, not we can't say bad lad in like terms of west because that's more than what yeah just a little a bit of a rascal yeah a rascal who spends half a million dollars on <laughs> online, online gambling. gambling and he didn't win any back i mean i've got like this thing called investor on here is it 
and like you can do what is it fantasy investing and shit like that it's very boring but I put a million dollars into just random stocks without even checking and it's already doubled in value if you have money it's easy to make money yeah I know I had a a friend who went to business school in London actually uh, and he his his professor made like a stock game for them right and like the winner was like you know it was a competition amongst the students this guy he actually hacked the program to find out all the, the top stocks to pick. Right. And he got a record return. And his professor bought him champagne. Oh, really? Yeah. He's like, well done. You cheated, but you got ahead. And I was like, you learned everything you needed from that one pr- professor about Welcome business. Welcome to capitalism. <laughs> I mean, legally, and they're, they're talking about the, the legal grounds they have to arrest him because technically he didn't steal the money. Right. He was given the money. Yeah. So they don't know if they can prosecute them. Do you know why this happened? Is because they didn't have an online version of the banking system. So they couldn't just check that it went into the account afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? No. Everybody had to go to the post office with a stupid fucking bank book. Stick it in the teller machine, which is about yay big. No, dude. You know. Why are they so big here? I don't know. What's in them? I don't know. It's Japanese engineering, which is so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the thing is that the engineering in Japan, right? Some things are really good. Yeah. Like small so, companies, small to medium enterprise making parts is Capacitors, good. for example. Yeah. Capacitors, yeah, transition, not, not silicone transistors, yeah. but, you know, the big ones. Top notch in Japan. But when you get to putting together a system which has a user interface. That's where they suck. And it's f- fucking awful. I mean, yeah. it's like a train crash. I told you how I, I, I try to set up the, the app for the local bank here. Yeah. And it's like make a password and it's not a shape or numbers it's fucking icons from kagoshima like shiro kuma <laughs> and like saigo takamori and i'm like i just noped out at that point i yeah. just said goodbye it was yeah. fucking nope now they gave me two cards plastic cards with a bunch of numbers on the back and you have to look up the grid it says like a1 and oh yeah to online baking right? yeah. you've got to type in the specific code every single time you want to log on yeah and I'm like, what's wrong with an email address and a password? Yeah. Or like, like two-factor authentication through Google or something. Yeah. I mean, it's just like so retarded. It's just... See, I'm not... He said the two words that I'm trying to clean out of my, voca- my vernacular. I'm sorry. The I was, R word and the G I word. was born in 1979. <laughs> Were you? Yeah. There's nothing I can do about it now. Yeah. I cl- I cl- I've, I'm, I've been doing good, right? Josh, you got somebody give me some... some... I've been doing well. Yeah, I, I was going to say, you've been doing well. I, I, specific, I said that on purpose, right? Okay. But I, I've been doing well for myself. I haven't said the R word in two shows. I, the, I cleaned out the G word in the 1990s been doing well you turn the microphone off and it's effing and blind you wouldn't believe it i'm pr- i'm pretty much the same <laughs> yeah it's pretty much the same actually no uh, how many stories you got left three okay go to some of yours all right i've got uh, a similar kind of story so 1600 empty seats at a major japanese gymnastics oh, competition were reserved by a single unpaying person <laughs> so there's this thing called the nhk cup which is like a national gymnastic competition that dates back to the 1960 who cares uh, and also is a qualifying event um, for the national team on the Olympics and World Artistic Gymnastics Championship. So basically, uh, it's like a big draw for spectators because young athletes come and compete there. Yeah. Um, and this guy, yeah. one guy, um, managed to book the whole upper and second tier deck, um, 1,600 seats without paying for any of them <laughs> and didn't turn up. So it was half empty, basically. Just absolutely unbelievable. Can we it? can we talk about first why the fuck was he allowed to do this? 
So the reservation system it says was set up so people could claim seats but not pay till later. And if no payment was paid by the deadline, it, they should open back up automatically. Um, but they didn't. But they didn't. That's crazy. So there's uh, online the uh, one of the national airlines here, Skymark. When mm. you log into their homepage, which uh, by the way, there's no login. There's no way for them to retain your information. So that you can just like buy another ticket. Oh, you got to put the ticket number back in and stuff like that, right? Every time you check something. Yeah. But when you buy a ticket, you have to put in all of your information all over again every single time. That one thing is annoying. But the second thing, when you reserve the ticket, it's you don't pay for it. You just reserve it. Yeah. And then after you reserved it, they're like, congratulations, your ticket is reserved. Now you have until this day to pay for it. I'm like, why didn't you just do both of these at the same time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, no other systems like that. I mean, usually, even if you've got a form on your website and a payment gateway that you have to talk to, the payment gateway talks back to your form and says the payment's been processed. Right. It goes back and forth. Yeah. But and if that payment doesn't come within a certain specific time, for example, 30 minutes or whatever, yeah, it just you delete the entry. Yeah. But it looks like they didn't do that. I mean, I did this on my own. For for your 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 place. Yeah. I just built it and, you know, no problems whatsoever. But it's just incredibly stupid. And the other thing is, like, when you're booking... Hotels really annoy me as well. This is totally irrelevant, but hotels have so many packages on the website. Oh. Are you trying to book a hotel? I never use their websites. It's just confusing. I only use Hotels.com. If you're not on Hotels.com or an Airbnb, I don't use you. Yeah. That's it. Because here's the thing. If you... I, I went to one of the hotels here when my mom came to visit, right? And mm-hmm. I went to the front desk and I was like, hi, I'd like to book a hotel for a couple of days, you know, because my place was up some stairs and it was high, hard on my mom. So I was like, okay, I would like to book a hotel for a couple of days. And they quoted me a price. And I was like, I just checked your price on hotels.com and it's like one third the price. Right, right. And they looked at me, they're like, book it there then. So I just stood in front of the front desk idiots <laughs> and like booked a hotel right in front of me. And then a fax came out right, right, right. of the information that I just yeah. put into my phone. And they're like, gave me my, oh, I was like, oh, okay. I was like, okay. Okay, guys. <laughs> so they've just paid hotels.com uh, commission. a commission as well. Yeah. And lost that even more. Typical inflexibility, you know, but <laughs> trying to work on that. Mind you, recently um, I went to a Tokyo hotel, quite a nice one. And when I checked in, I gave him my card when I left. Yeah. I said, I'm in the travel industry as well. Yeah. Maybe hand that on to your manager. And he emailed me afterwards and said, please come and stay again and give us some feedback about, you know, what you think of our service and things like that. So I might might do that. Uh, can I talk about a hotel? I don't know if I should talk about that. It's kind of risky. Go on, talk about it. Okay, so I was out with a few friends the other night, and like it's basically an owner of a company, her husband, and then her staff. Mm-hmm. Okay, and me, and like we're hanging out, and then the husband gets really, really drunk, and so the the the, the owner of the company and the husband go home. Right. So it's just me and the the staff who's female, mm-hmm. and she's kind of young and she's kind of drunk. Right. And I'm like, because they're from out of town, so I'm like, hey, do you know where your hotel is? And she's like, no. I'm like, okay, I will walk you to your hotel so you know how to get home because I don't want to be responsible for anything bad happening to the staff that's been kind of left in my care. Right. Because she's young, right? And I was like, 20-something. And like, I take her to the hotel and I'm like, okay, because there's two of these hotels. I don't want to say the name, but there's two built right next to each other with the same name. Yeah. And I'm like, which one is it? And she's like, I'm not going to tell you. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go. And she's like, no, I don't want you to go yet. Let's keep drinking. I'm like, you're kind of drunk. Right. This exchange just keeps going back and forth. And I'm like, you need to go to your... Because like, when I try to walk away, she'd follow me. 
Right. And I'm like, no, you need to go to your room because I'm going to get in trouble with your boss. Yeah. If you don't make it home. Mm. And she refused. So we went to this. Oh, and then a restaurant owner was standing outside smoking a cigarette. A guy I know. He goes, what's wrong, Mitch? I'm like, this bitch is drunk and won't go home. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, okay, well, what do, you, what, do you, what, do you, like, what do you want me to do? I was like, I don't know. Are you still open? He's like, no, but I'll let you guys. In. So he lets us in, gives her ice cream. Right. And she keeps wanting to drink more. He's like, you don't need any more alcohol. I have a stress drink. Mm-hmm. I'm like, please go to your hotel room. And she's, ah, this went on, I don't know, like an hour and a half. And finally, she got to this like zombified state where she didn't really know where she was anymore. And I was like, can you give me your hotel key? And I like walked her to her room and just put her into her bed. Right. And I took a evidence photo of her. Right. Just, just in case anything happened. I was like, evidence photo. I was like, good night. And then the next morning, I told everything to the, the boss. I was like, hey, please don't ever leave me with that girl again. That was like tra- traumatizing. And then afterwards, I went to my friend's bar and I was just like, I need a drink. That was annoying. Oh, God. That was horrible. Yeah. Nothing weird about that all. Putting in bed and taking a photo as evidence. Well, no, because I sent it to her boss. I was like, I took care of her. She's fine. She's like, okay. And then I got a mail from the girl uh, afterwards. She's like, I'm so sorry for all that and blah, blah. I was like, it's fine. Just please don't be alone with me again. Yeah. It's just too much. I just ghost everybody then. Just disappear into the you night. You did that the other day. Yeah. You and uh, I don't want to say his name, but the hotel owner that you were hanging out with the other day. Yeah. You know what, he's, you know what this fucker said? Just, this is the arrogance off this guy. I go... What's your problem? And he's like, you know what I don't like? I don't like it when people see the same people every day talking about the same old local bullshit. It's fucking boring. And I look around (laughs) and that's exactly what we're doing and exactly what I'm enjoying. And then moments later, he's just fucking gone. And I'm like, Alex, dude. What, man? I've got high standards for high my standards. evening time. <laughs> it was fun, though. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun, yeah. We, we couldn't eat. Degree. It turned out that none of us could eat the meat. Like, we had God, two, there's too much fucking fat on that we, meat. We man. had too high quality meat and we couldn't eat it. Yeah, I don't think it's high quality if it's literally fat. It's like, too it was like A5, Wagyu A5. Yeah, I just A whatever. I don't care, man. I just want tasty steak yeah i mean i like uh, aka aka meat, like red red meat uh how many you got two both of them and then i got two 70 percent of japan's junior high teachers crossing death by overwork danger line says Ka- a karoshi kuro karoshi karoshi yeah mm. karoshi yeah. so blah 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 teachers are working a lot over 80 <laughs> hours of overtime a month wow it's your own fault for being inefficient is basically my... Well, they have a lot of responsibilities. The reason why that they work, a lot of the teachers work so much overtime is because they're literally assigned a club to yeah. manage. Mm-hmm. And then the, they don't get paid for it. And they're just like manage this club. And so their club management time equals usually their instruction and prep time. Yeah, they're also apparently demanded to underwrite, uh, underreport the working hours as well. And this is government. These are government workers. To be honest, I mean, like teachers in Japan and the whole Japanese system, basically, you know, it just drags people in to do unnecessary tasks for too much time a lot of the time. And nobody dares stand up to it and say, I'm not doing that. So nothing changes. And yeah. when you do try and change something, everybody has a go at you. So it just stays as it is. And to be honest with you, I mean, like teachers and stuff like that should really, they should probably just like cut, you know, the clubs, the school clubs and stuff. That's great getting kids to do stuff, but there's no need to do it every day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Every day of the week, every day of the weekend. They basically become childcare facilities, right? Yeah. The kids stay there after lazy school. Lazy parenting. The parents aren't going home in time. Well, because the, if the kids turn out wrong, the parents go to the school and complain to them. What did you do with my kids? You had a you you went to school recently. What happened with that? Did I? You just said it before the pre-show. 
Oh yeah, I did. It's today. <laughs> no, I went today. Yeah, yeah. What did you do? Oh, uh, it's just like an explanation about um, homestay overseas. Oh, is he going to Australia? Yeah, New Zealand. New Zealand, is it? Yeah. So just thinking about going anyway. Yeah. So they did an explanation, but it was <laughs> it was an explanation for worried Japanese parents oh. about Gaikoku. Oh. So for me as a foreign person, it was just like really not very useful. It was probably patronizing as it fuck. It was like, oh, there's, here's some food on the screen. Guess which one is breakfast. Guess which one is lunch. And guess which one is dinner. And one of the fucking pictures was like a piece of bread with a sausage on it. And that was the dinner of this kid. And I was like, I'm sorry, you can't be telling that people in New Zealand have <laughs> a fucking sausage on a piece of uncooked bread for dinner. Because I know loads of people from New Zealand and none of them eat that. No, they don't. They, they have like basically American diets. So I was like, this is bullshit. But in that school's defense, because they are a sponsor of my radio show, they, that is actually a really cool high school. I like that high school. Yeah, it's cool, man. They've got a good, you know, forward thinking way of doing things and stuff like that. But still, the kind of Japanese view of the world sneaks in occasionally. Yeah. Well, it's probably, like you said, it's for the worried parents. Like, oh, Japan is the safest country in the world. And well, it is. It is. <laughs> no, no, it's not, actually. I don't think well, it if is. Well, if, if we forget earthquakes and tsunamis, it is. Um, okay, right. So if you're talking about minor crimes yeah. and things like that, it is safe. Yeah. You know, you can leave your wallet, somebody will give it you back. Hooray. Shouldn't no one's going to shoot you in this country. Nobody's going to shoot Nobody's going to shoot you in England either, to be honest well, with you. They'll stab you instead. Well. Um, but <laughs> the percentage chance of dying of like, what's it called? Uh, natural disaster. Yeah. And then psychological problems from overwork, like we've just been talking about. Well, if, okay, if we ignore suicides, it's utopia. Then you put in the suicides and it's like, okay. So, you know, I mean, it's not perfect. Um, Josh has got number one, Denmark. Abroad. Look, Denmark's safety. Yeah, Iceland. Iceland. No one lives in Iceland. That doesn't count. <laughs> Canada. Canada. Mind you, Canada, they keep the doors open in Toronto, don't they? Four is Japan. Why? Public health, it's in infrastructure. and Public for- health. But there isn't a country in the world, maybe some of the Nordic countries, but there isn't a country in the world where a girl can walk in straight high heels and a short skirt. That's exactly what he said as an example today. Like down the street and he be goes, totally fine. drunk girl can't walk home uh, without Mitch taking her to a bedroom and taking a photo of her. Well, I have an excuse for that. I needed her to get into that room so I wasn't responsible for her anymore. That's the point of that story. I didn't want to be responsible The reason why it's so safe here is because you are patrolling the streets at night. And I'm drinking taking, with everybody's husbands. Taking girls back to hotel rooms <laughs> and snapping photos of them. That's why. No, it wasn't a lewd photo. It was just like her like in bed. Like It was just like her hair and like blanket sheet. That's it. It was no lewd photo at all. You right. can check my phone. I I'm will, a good boy. I, I will check it. I am a very, very good boy. <laughs> I will check it. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so teachers. Oh, yeah, they work too much. Yeah. So work less. That's my solution. The psychological stuff here, you know, the overwork and then the lack of like, there, there is some lack of sympathy that exists here. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, we don't really feel it here in Kagoshima because everybody's so friendly and like they actually go out of their way to involve you into their drama. Mm. It's actually the problem here. But in places like Tokyo and stuff like that, the lack of sympathy can be real. Yeah, I think you've just got like get rid of the PTA, uh, half bukatsu attendance by. You have to explain what bukatsu is. Like club clubs, activities yeah, by half every day, um, and then you know actually just do the work at school instead of going to cram school at night time. Yeah, why don't they teach us? Uh, anyway, okay. 
Yeah. In England, I was like, cram school would never work in England. And they were like, oh, why ever not? And I was like, because you pay tax money to educate. I don't understand school. why they don't learn the shit at school. I don't, yeah, I learned mean. my stuff at school, not another another school that my parents had to pay for. Because everybody's too tired in the evening, uh, in the daytime, because they stayed up too late. And they're sat in rooms with no air conditioning in the summer. That's also yeah. smart. Okay. But, I mean, they've got good scores in maths and stuff like math that. Math and literacy is top notch. Literacy Everything else good, is yeah. not good. Anyway, sorry. What's your, is that your last story? All right, last one. Bill to enhance support for vulnerable women passed in Japan. So this is uh, a bill by the government. Uh, to have Mitch uh, wait around <laughs> in town centers, escorting women you back to their hotel rooms. You are making me seem like a creep. I'm such a good guy. You're making me seem like a fucking and then creep. Put photo evidence on a floppy disk, which you will then deliver. I don't think my iPhone photos can fit on a floppy disk. I think they're like five or ten times the size of a floppy disk. Yeah, but well, you can just touch it on and say it was contactless. And, <laughs> oh my god! You know. Something like that. Yeah, so they, they're, they're going to protect vulnerable women, but they have no specific guidelines for it. It's just like, yeah. So it's like a, you know, it's a bipartisan bill by the national government, which basically says to local governments, do something about women's welfare and human rights. And, and then they've determined. And that's it. Um, because it's all bent, you know, basically locally decided. And you, you have to deal with this in the tourism uh, part of the local government because the, the national government says we want to do this and then you guys have to interpret it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then we also have to apply for, you know, funding and all kinds of things yeah. that happen. But yeah, I suppose in recent years, COVID and stuff like that, uh, domestic violence is on an uptick because people are stressed at home. And, and stayed at home, trapped at home and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. One of my friends told me, and I, I never noticed this, but he's like, go to a convenience store in Tokyo at like four or five o'clock in the morning. You'll see a bunch of salarymen sleeping in their cars. Will you? And I'm like, why? And he's like, he's like, he's like, some of them are just like, you know, sleeping from the day before. But he's like, a lot of them, what they're doing is they're leaving their house early to get away from their family. Really? And just sleeping at at Seven Eleven. Wow. Like I'm like, wow, that's. I've seen some great sleeping going on in uh, Shinbashi. Like Japanese people are incredibly good at sleeping anywhere. Yeah. They are really good. I mean, if it was a sport. I can see a gold medal going to Japan. <laughs> for we should we should have a game show about that. Can you sleep here? Passing out championships. <laughs> All right, I got two quick stories to go through. One really quick. New instant ramen snack. Snow successful. It had to be suspended. So Nishin released a oh a zero second ramen, chicken ramen soupless instant noodle snack that you can that you can eat in block form basically it's like a block of we were talking about this before with josh like a block of ramen mm -hmm. that you can eat as a snack 23 days after its release nishin, nishin had to suspend its sales because the product was so successful that they couldn't keep up with demand wow why don't you just make more of it that's what i thought but it was in the news so it's so, gotta be true right nishin actually i think most british people don't know but nishin own an awful lot of british brands really yeah they bought loads of stuff. Branston Pickle, which most British people will know. Pickle thinks owned by a Japanese company. Once you start looking you know. at the big food creators like uh, Kraft and all those things, like you start to see their parent com companies and it starts to get a little like unnerving. You're like, huh, that's kind of weird. I mean, when the bubble economy happened, Japan did invest a lot of cash overseas. Yeah. And then even now, well, they you know, bought Seven Eleven, yeah, acquisitions and stuff like that. It's surprising how many things are owned by the Japanese economy. But yeah, I mean, Seven Eleven is is a Japanese. It's mostly owned by Japan now. Anyway, uh, last story today. Ghibli found out about an unofficial Ghibli. Uh, let's make sure that we put these these tweet photos in the the video podcast as well. 
Ghibli found out about the unofficial Ghibli Cafe in Nagoya, and then something really cool happened. So this this cafe, it's in it's in Nagoya. I actually went to a Gundam cafe in Nagoya. Gundam. And I didn't know shit about it. And my friend Brian from Georgia just like sat there and like explained everything to me for two hours very happily, and I remembered zero of it. Right. I've known Gundam's like a big robot, isn't it? Yeah. The the name of the restaurant is like some Russian sounding word that's like apparently the bad guy in Gundam. I don't know whatever who knows moving on with ghibli so ghibli found this unofficial cafe and the pictures of it are amazing if we could throw it up on the screen for us to see too um it's like cute as hell it's got all this like it's got all this like memorabilia and like little artifacts and menus and all that stuff from ghibli it's kind of cool and so uh the the pictures ghibli found and their reaction was so it was only a matter of time until they caught wind as Ghibli, uh, the unofficial Ghibli cafe. So what did they do? Well, if this was Disney, they would have gotten their lawyers and sued this place into the fucking ground. Mm-hmm. But Ghibli visited and made sure to let everyone know that they liked the place. And then they tweeted on oh. their official Twitter account about the place. Isn't that nice? Isn't Ghibli just like the best company? I love if Miyazaki Hayao just rocked up and fucking lit up a cigarette Because he's a chain smoker. Yeah, it's just like, fuck you, I smoke wherever I want. <laughs> they probably would have let him. Yeah, I'm your god. <laughs> I love Ghibli. I don't know. They, everything about them is just so cute. Uh, I love it. But yeah, so yeah, they rocked up and then they, they tweeted about it. They're like, come and check this place out in Nagoya. Yeah, I do like Ghibli. It's good, man. That's good. anime I can get behind. It's good, wholesome anime. It's, it's not the other stuff. The other stuff can be fun too. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know much about it. Well, if we knew more about anime, we'd have more subscribers, I think. Because like, what does Joey have now? Like 3 million or something? 300 billion. What do you... I want to get your hot take before we close the show. I want to get your hot take. Hot what do you, take's your new word, what isn't do you, it? What do you think about... Pew- you were saying opine before a couple of weeks what, ago. I would like you to opine on... on give me your, your opine hot take on, uh, on PewDiePie moving to Japan. PewDiePie. PewDiePie. I know PewDiePie because... You know him. No, I've seen him on YouTube. Okay, so everybody else. <laughs> so like everybody else. But I, I, didn't, I didn't actually know what he did. I'd only seen like a Swedish looking guy with headphones on talking about Minecraft. Mm-hmm. I never really paid it any attention. So I did, you know, know he was the number one YouTuber. I didn't actually know what his content was about. He, I, he doesn't really have a genre, does he? Well, I watched some and I was just like, oh, he just kind of sits there and talks about stuff but he's the most listened to talking person wow i saw you got in a private jet to come to japan with his two dogs and his mate with some dogs yeah. so i was just like okay <laughs> what now well i hope he makes some japan content well if you're like you know wealthy yeah and you move to japan what's the problem what do you mean? What's the problem? I don't see a problem with it. I think it's great. Yeah, I think I hope he makes more Japan content. I I hope the whole. I was recently on Tokyo Lens. Did you see that video? No. You should watch it. Don't Why? Because it's 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 funny. Like Norm's driving around in a tiny little car. It's like a clown car. What are you driving around Kagoshima? He no, he was driving around in Kagoshima with his tiny little tiny little clown car, and I was like, and I when he came to see me, I was like, dude, you should make a video about this. And like a week later, there's a video about it on his channel, and I was like, I love you, Norm. Has he got a lot of views for that one? Yeah, it's got like 70,000 views or something. Wow. He gets lots of views though, right? Yeah, he's really popular. Norm's popular. I mean, so there's like one of the three big YouTubers. There was, there's Chris, right? Chris, abroad in Japan. Yeah. Joey, anime man, right? Yeah. And then there's Norm. Those are the th- <laughs> top three. And then now with PewDiePie coming in. Well, he's like 10 times bigger. Oh, 100, 100 times. times bigger. Yeah. But he's not making Japanese content. He's just, I think he's just going to live here. I don't think he's going to actually do anything in the, maybe, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited to see. 
All right, you need to go because you need to move your car. I do need to move my car because it's parked. And I feel like if I if I keep legally, you the, but not conveniently. And I feel like if I keep you any longer, you're going to say more things that you heard on that podcast. And you should stop. I like look, I like that podcast. It's such a bad. Influence. Very offensive. All right, guys, that's been our show today. Uh, if you like that show, hit the like button. If you like it a lot, subscribe to us. Hit the bell icon so you always get. If you don't hit the the, the new subscribe is the bell. If is you that, don't hit the bell, you're not really subscribed. What does that mean? Because like, if you just hit subscribe, it doesn't show up in your feed until you hit the bell icon. Then it'll show up in your feed. So people, no. So people, if you're missing the show, hit the bell icon. And also, if you uh, care to be one of our patrons, uh, it really like make, it motivates us. You know, when you guys support us, uh, there will be a link in the description below. Thank you very much, and see you guys next week. Bye. Bye bye. A big thank you to our patrons, Jan Myler, Jen, Justin Perkins, and Ellen. Thank you guys so much for your support. Couldn't do it without you.